Welcome to the Recover Me podcast with Warren Willey, doctor of osteopathic medicine, a best-selling author, and leading expert on holistic, healthy living. Warren is your guide to living a naturally healthier, happier life. So much of Western medicine, popular diets, and fitness fads put a bandage over health problems, addressing symptoms and not causes, offering short-term results at the expense of long-term health. That's why Warren is a man on a mission to question the status quo and uncover holistic health solutions you can use in your life, starting right now. Now to get us started today, here's Warren. Hi there, Dr. Willie here. Welcome to another episode of the Recover Me podcast, the medicine that meets you where you are and also understands we can't change your stressors, so let's help optimize your body and your mind to deal with them better. Today's podcast is going to be somewhat a cultish one, and what I mean by that is there's probably less people interested in this topic than more. Uh, This is more directed towards your performance-based people, your athletes, uh, your personal trainers, your athletic trainers, other people in the medical profession that deal with athletes. I want to talk about ergogenic aids. Ergogenic aids are anything that helps improve someone's performance. Basically, the definition is a physical, mechanical, nutritional, psychological, or pharmacological substance or treatment that either directly improves your state or improves your ability to perform or indirectly improves it via other variables associated with exercise performance, uh, possibly removing subjective restraints, Uh, It's amazing how much right here between the ears is involved with performance um, and improving psychological capacity. So that is the definition of ergogenic aids. These are things that help people perform better. Now, I just said it might be a little cultish, but if you think about it, if you're a busy executive, you want to perform better. If you're a high school janitor, you want to clean better. If you're a stay-at-home mom, you want to be a better mom. So I think this can apply to everyone if you understand the bigger picture, the recover me aspect of it, uh, that it has a lot more meaning than just steroid use in athletes, which I'm going to cover today. But I think if you really look at it that way, I might have mistakenly said it's for a cultish audience. This may be for everybody because this is just the first part of a series of podcasts I want to do on optimizing performance. Uh, One of my favorite things to do in my medical practice is when people come in very healthy, they just want to be better and better, not in the terms of going from illness to non-illness, but better in the terms of, I want to improve better. I want a better sex life. I want a better relationship life. I want to be bigger, stronger, faster. I want to be able to think quicker. I want to be able to think longer. I want to maintain my cognitive abilities into my eighties and nineties. That's what I mean by better. And I think this series on ergogenic aids will help people understand that. So to repeat, an ergogenic aid is a physical, mechanical, psychological, nutritional, or pharmacological substance or treatment that improves your brain and your body in its ability to form better. In this podcast, I'm going to really focus on the pharmacologic, the drugs, if you will. In later podcasts, I'll get into physical, mechanical, nutritional, and psychological, because I think they all play a different role and a very powerful role. And when I sum up this podcast, I might cover a little 
pieces of those so you know what to look forward to or not. But that being said, because I'm going to talk about drugs today, I have to emphasize I'm not endorsing or condemning pharmacological ergogenic aids. I'm just here to review them with you. I'm going to give you some resources if you want to learn more about them or see what uh, the World Anti-Doping Association, the International Olympic Committee, the NCAA, the NFL, MBL, all the big groups, what they view as an illegal ergogenic aid. There's plenty of lists out there, so I'll cover that in a minute. This is also a medium for me to introduce hormones because everyone's familiar with anabolic androgenic steroids being the primary thought of ergogenic aid, especially illegal ergogenic aid, according to the World Anti-Doping Association and all those governing bodies I just mentioned. But I have a number of mini courses coming online that I hope help people really understand hormones. There's one on the thyroid hormone, one on the sex hormones for women, sex hormones for men. We already have the testosterone masterclass available on my website at drwilly.com. If you want to know all about male hormone replacement, go watch that master course. But I think other hormones are so important that we understand insulin, leptin, adiponectin, your brain hormones, your gut hormones. I mean, there's just so many hormones in your body that dictate and, dictate and regulate function and control that understanding them will give you a great advantage in weight loss, muscle gain, psychological performance, cognitive maintenance, all those things that the hormones play a role in. So again, this one will act as an introduction and we're really gonna focus on the pharmacological. So let me dive right in and ask a question. Of course, I'm gonna answer it because no one can respond to me in this medium, but what is, do you think is the estimated percentage of high school athletes using one form or another of an ergogenic aid? I'll pause while you think about that. And then I'll just tell you, it's estimated up to 20% of high schoolers are using anabolic energetic steroids out there. Huge amounts. And I could, I say I would have to agree with that because I could see a lot of kids that come in or their parents bring them in. And if they will be honest with me, and if they're not honest with me, they don't realize us old guys know how to certain ways to tell if you're using drugs or not, uh, which we won't get into. That's our secret. But at 20%, of high school kids are using anabolic androgenic steroids. Nearly 80% of high school athletes are using other forms of ergogenic aids, protein powders, creatine powders, weight gain, pre post-workout meals, all those things can be classified as ergogenic aids. How about college athletes? What's the percentage of college athletes using ergogenic aids? Pause for your thinking and up to 50% are admittedly using anabolic androgenic steroids. Hmm. Yes, they test for them in college. Uh, that's pretty easy. Just like any test, you can get away with it if you know how. And it's estimated 100% of college athletes are using other forms of ergogenic aids, such as protein powder, creatine, pre and post-workout meals, pre-workout stimulants, uh, caffeine, etc. Anything, again, remember the definition, anything to improve or enhance psychological and physiological performance. Let me ask another uh, question just based on hormones. What do you think one of the most abused drugs in professional sports is that really isn't talked about, known, or even understood? Pause for your answer. The answer that I chose for this particular question is insulin. Insulin can be bought very simply anywhere, any pharmacy in the country. Insulin is the most powerful growth promoting muscle building 
hormone there is when you eat right. It's also the most powerful fat-inducing hormone when you eat wrong. I learned a long time ago, it's not so much the food we eat, but what our bodies do with the food we eat. In other words, what is the hormonal response to food? Excuse me, I talk about it in detail in podcast number 13. It's entitled, When You Eat is as Important as What You Eat. It's called Food Timing or Chrononutrikinetics is the fancy word I like to say because I always win on hangman when I play that word. Anyway, I wrote an article about it way back in 1997 called Insulin as an Anabolic Aid. And it was published in the Physician and Sports Medicine, Volume 25, Number 10, October 1997. So if you want to get on the internet and look that up, uh, Google Scholar, I'm pretty sure it would bring it right up for you. But it's a case report about insulin as an anabolic aid. And since that time, I have just seen it everywhere. You've seen it. If you follow the bodybuilding physique world, you know how much insulin is being used by those super large muscular men and women. So hormonal aids, pharmacological aids to improve performance are very common, even ones you wouldn't think of. So again, I'm not going to cover nutritional, training, investigational, any of those right now. Let's jump right into better living through chemistry. Um, that was supposed to be punny. Anyway, if you want to see the list I'm referring to, it's the World Anti-Doping Association, or WADA, WADA. And if you go to any search engine, just type in WADA list 2018, you will pull up their entire list of banned substances. Um, IOC follows it, NCAA follows it, most of the major sports follow the WADA list. So just a little, uh, if you want to do some research there. The things they list as categories in banned substances include anabolic androgenic steroids, other anabolic androgenic steroids, which I'll explain in a minute, peptides and growth hormones, beta agonists, hormones and metabolic modulators, diuretics and other masking agents, enhancements of oxygen transfer, <clears throat> such as blood doping, gene doping, stimulants, narcotics, cannabinoids, glucocorticoids or uh, prednisone or things that lower inflammation. Alcohol is actually on the list, as are some blood pressure and heart medications called beta blockers. A uh, lot of stuff on that list, and we'll cover those, but let's cover first the anabolic energetic steroids. In general, all anabolic energetic steroids are based on the testosterone molecule. They really are, even though there's a lot of other, and that's where WADA gets into other anabolic energetic steroids that aren't necessarily testosterone-based, but they're hormonally based. Testosterone is the basis of anabolic energetic steroids in general. There are, uh, there is a strict definition for hormones that I think we should cover, and that's a uh, hormones are messengers. They're chemical messengers carried by the blood to non-adjacent or target cells. So the hormones function to do all sorts of things in your body. They're really master controllers of your body, and that's why the recover mean method of weight loss and weight optimization really focuses on hormones from the HPA axis, the effect of cortisol to the effect of all these other hormones on your system. It's not so much how much you eat or how much you exercise or how much you don't eat or how much you don't exercise. It's more about what is the response, hormonal response of your body to food. If you come at it from that aspect, like the recover me method, 
you're bound to lose weight, but not just temporarily, permanently, because now you understand the mechanism behind it. Starving yourself and spending three hours in Gold Gym does not last. You know it, I know it. And we're now that we're uh, mid-February, we are going to start seeing the gyms empty out again. So all of us regulars are smiling big, uh, which is unfortunate, actually, because I would rather everyone stay there. But their mechanism of weight loss has some serious issues, as everyone knows. So let's quickly overview hormones. Like I said, this is going to be an introduction course to the bigger hormone uh, mini courses I'm going to offer on my website. First of all, hormones regulate growth and development. That's obvious. You go through your puberty years. If you have teenagers in their puberty years, you know exactly what hormones are doing, both to the body and the brain. <laughs> uh, we'll end it there. Homeostatic control, so it, it regulates internal environment. Um, because our internal environment's on a very narrow area. So my temperature, if it gets too low or too high, if it gets out of that 97 to 99 degrees Fahrenheit range, I get in trouble or I feel like crap. That's a medical word, remember? Because it is so finely controlled. And that goes for salt and mineral balance. That goes for water balance. That goes for your temperature. Hormones control all that stuff. They control the reproductive processes, obviously ovulation and menstruation in women. The maintenance of pregnancy is very hormonally based. It has direct effects on behavior. So modification, modulation, initiation of specific patterns that you do, your, your reaction um, to your environment, your response to your environment are very hormonally modulated and hormonally controlled. Uh, so hormones, they're just absolutely essential to understand in the recovery method of overall health and well-being. And that's why we spend so much emphasis and time on it. There's a two primary classes of hormones out there or chemical groups, which hormones fall. There's your steroids. So steroids um, in all vertebrates, so all those of us with backbones, Steroids are synthesized from cholesterol by your adrenal cortex, by your testes, ovaries, and then in a pregnant mama, uh, her placenta. Those are made from cholesterol. They include cortisol, estradiol, esterone, testosterone, DHEA, whole list of steroidal hormones. Then you have your non-steroidal hormones, which include your amines. Those are like norepinephrine and epinephrine, two brain hormones, and also the fight or flight hormones or amines. You have your peptides, oxytocin, the love hormone, the hormone that's let down when a mama breastfeeds or after an orgasm or after a, a wonderful full body massage. Oxytocin is released and that's a peptide. Antidiuretic hormones, another example of a peptide. Proteins are hormones. So growth hormone is 196 amino acid chain growth uh, protein. Insulin is also a protein and it's a hormone we mentioned earlier. Then you have your glycoproteins. Those are proteins with the sugar attached. Those come, a lot of them are in your brain. FSH or follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, which stimulates the male testicles via the Leydig cells to produce testosterone. Those are glycoproteins. So those are your primary types of hormones. Steroid hormones and thyroid hormones work by gene activation. They're relatively small. They're lipid soluble. They diffuse freely into and out of cells. And they affect target cells that have receptor proteins in their cytoplasm or inside the cell or in the nucleus of the cell. The hormone receptor complex, once that hormone binds, 
can freely move into the nucleus to stimulate an action. And that action is via active transport, it binds to DNA and stimulates transcription of specific genes. In other words, it turns your cells on. It directs them to do something, whether it's the synthesis of messenger RNA, which causes protein synthesis and causes muscle growth, as one example, especially with our current uh, topic at hand. The full effect of these hormones are manifested over minutes to days. So hormones take a while. When we replace a woman or male's hormones, I always tell them you have to give it some time to work. They're not immediate. These steroid-based hormones can take days, uh, if not a longer time, to get steady state and really show their action, their mechanism of action. Peptide and protein hormones, these work via secondary messenger mechanisms. They do not diffuse into cells. The target cells for peptides and proteins have receptors on the cell surface. So insulin and growth hormone, as I use examples, are both protein hormones. They bind to the cell and stimulate the cell via secondary messengers to go down to the nucleus and initiate a response. Now, peptides and protein hormones have a very rapid, if not immediate response, seconds to minutes for when they're stimulated. And that makes perfect sense. If you think about insulin, if I go eat a chocolate cake or a chocolate donut, my blood sugar skyrockets. I've got to get that blood sugar out of my system because that's very toxic to my brain and heart. So insulin immediately does its action and pulls that blood sugar out of my bloodstream and puts it in the appropriate tissues where it needs to go. Not that a chocolate donut has any appropriate tissues in your body, but you get the point of what I'm saying. So those are your type of hormones there. Let's talk specifically about anabolic androgenic steroids real quick. These are a group of hormones, again, that are meant to duplicate the beneficial aspects of testosterone. So when Anabolic androgenic steroids are utilized by an athlete. It causes an increase in protein synthesis, which allows the muscles to grow faster and recover quicker. And that's a very important point I'll come back to. It increases creatine phosphate synthesis, and that's the substrate needed for energy. So it gives you better energy. It makes you stronger, faster, quicker, like the movie that's out there. It increases the uh, storage of glycogen, which is the storage form of sugar in the muscle cell, which increases the cell size. And the amount of glycogen it pulls water with it. And so you get bigger muscles. And bigger muscles mean stronger muscles, not necessarily more athletic muscles, but they're bigger. It also increases nutrient uptake by the cell. So anabolic steroids, if you're eating properly, and that's why a lot of bodybuilders and people using steroids eat six to eight times a day is their efficiency in pulling nutrients out of the bloodstream into the muscles is much greater with anabolic steroids. Simply put, anabolic steroids improve recovery. If I had to sum it up, it recovers better. So a person using steroids can go and bench press 400 pounds today and tomorrow go and bench press 400 pounds again. Where if any of us not on steroids tried to bench 400 pounds today, not only would we most likely be crushed, but we certainly would not do it again tomorrow. So remember, steroids work by causing recovery. Very important thing to know. Let's quickly talk about peptides and growth hormones. Peptides, if you think of a protein, this is the simplest way, and this is a very simplified way to look at it. Let's say you have a, a steak. 
here. That's a protein, right? Well, proteins are made up of amino acids. We know that. But in between them, you have peptides. So peptides are biologically occurring short chains of amino acid monomers linked by peptide or what we call amide bonds. Number of examples, insulin growth factor one, IGF-1, melatonin, CJC-1295, samorolin, tesamorolin, um, GHG frag 176-191. I mean, there's all these peptides I could cover with you because we use peptides in medicine, both in disease treating, wound healing, um, uh, uh, optimization of physiques, weight loss. I mean, peptides are really an up-and-coming neat field in, in medicine, particularly uh, regenerative anti-aging medicine. Really neat stuff. But there is a huge list of them on the WADA list be, uh, because they are banned substances right now. So I'm not going to cover all those. I may spend another, uh, based on listener feedback, um, which we're trying to direct next season's uh, podcasts on the feedback we received from our almost 20 episodes this season, I'm really trying to direct what I'm hearing and people are asking to do podcasts on those things uh, to generate more interest. So if you have more questions about peptides, I would be more than happy to talk to you about them. I think another one we need to talk about is the protein uh, class, in particular human growth hormone. I get questions literally weekly, either via uh, email or a patient comes to my office asking me about HGH, human growth hormone. Let's cover what human growth hormone does first. It increases calcium retention, strengthens, and mineralization of bones. So HGH is a great thing for people with severe osteopenia or osteoporosis. It increases muscle mass through sarcomere hypertrophy, so it makes the muscle grow. It promotes fat burning or lipolysis. It increases protein synthesis. It stimulates the growth of all internal organs, except your brain. doesn't affect the brain that way. It changes the way the liver views sugar. It promotes gluconeogenesis or production of sugar uh, from non-sugar sources in the liver. It, it contributes to the pancreatic function. It stimulates the immune system. It increases the conversion of T4, uh, the inactive thyroid hormone, to the active thyroid hormone T3. I mean, I just could go on and on about all what HC HGH does. The question I get on that, is it something I should do, doc? And I would say that's a very personal decision between you and your doctor. I think there's a lot of peptides we talked about earlier that stimulate growth hormone and turn it on so you get all those benefits without having to directly use it yourself. Remember, anytime you take a hormone from the outside, you turn off internal production of it. And just cost prohibitive uh, nature of current pharmaceutical-based human growth hormone is ridiculous. I know a lot of people are buying human growth hormone on the internet. It's been guessed over 95% of it's fake. It's all HCG, human chorionic gonadotropin. Um, so the, uh, the, the hormone that's produced by a woman and found in her urine while she's pregnant is what is actually being sold out there is HGH. So just something to consider there. But it is on the WADA ban list, so I thought I'd quickly cover it. Another one on the WADA list that I think is very interesting for people is because we're seeing such an increased rise in asthma out there, the beta agonists like albuterol um, are actually banned substances. You can only have a certain amount in your system under the WADA regulations. They stimulate beta cells, hence the name beta agonist. 
beta-2 and beta-3 uh, receptors specifically. And one in particular I talked about a lot in my book, Obtainable, was clenbuterol, a anabolic agent that also is quite the fat burner, but also makes the heart rate go about 200 miles per hour and the brain go about 300 miles per hour. So there are side effects to all these things. But beta agonists are very interesting uh, substances uh, or ergogenic aids when used appropriately. Hormone and metabolic modulators, these are things that are different hormonally active. For example, probably the best example is aromatase inhibitors, uh, letrozole or arimidex. These are things that block the production of estrogen from testosterone. So testosterone in everyone's body is converted to estradiol or E2 via aromatase, particularly in the fat, especially in the fat around the gut uh, and liver. Aromatase inhibitors stop that. CIRMs, selective estrogen modulator uh, um, uh, drugs like Clomid and SARMs, selective androgen receptor modulators, are also under this class. SARMs are huge right now. I know that you can buy some SARMs over the counter. Uh, others are prescriptions through specialty pharmacies. Um, they're out there everywhere, and we may want to spend a full podcast on SIRMs and SARMs because they're really, really powerful drugs that have some neat applications uh, when used correctly. Remember, even pizza is bad if you eat too much of it or don't have enough of it. So myostatin inhibitors is another one. ICAR uh, uh, modulators, those activate AMP protein kinase. So gee, I'm just talking, for those who uh, think I'm talking in a foreign language, I am. These are things that just stimulate cell energy and activity. Uh, insulin actually falls under the hormonal and metabolic modulators because the uh, IOC and water realize it's powerful effects when done right. Some of the other ones I didn't cover in the short podcast, diuretics and, and uh, masking agents. Obviously, if you're taking anabolic steroids or any of these uh, other WADA banned substances, you can try to hide them with masking agents or diuretics. So the World uh, Anti-Doping Association or agency tests for those. Enhancements of oxygen transfer. There's some really wild drugs out there. Um, including some gene doping techniques, but blood transfusions and blood doping is the most common form of that. Stimulants are obvious. Stimulants are uh, basically your speed, if you will, whether it's pure amphetamine, methamphetamine, uh, or any of those are banned because they do make you quicker, stronger, and faster between the ears, which means you're faster below the neck. Um, narcotics to hide pain, uh, so you can push yourself harder and f harder and farther. They also change the way the brain sees things, and so it's actually a great psychological benefit to utilize narcotics uh, in sporting events. Uh, it goes for cannabinoids too. Now that we're seeing so much legalization of marijuana, uh, smoking dope before you go on a long run uh, can be very beneficial for your time and your run, but also illegal. Do you know that runner's high, we all talk about getting into that runner's high where you feel good, that's actually stimulation of the endocannabinoid system. So if you hit that early with a joint, then your exercise is probably gonna be better. Um, Glucocorticosteroids, so your anti-inflammatories, your prednisone, your kenalog, your dexamethasone, all these uh, medicines that people use to keep inflammation down obviously are banned because if you don't feel that pain of that swollen, twisted ankle, you can keep performing on it. Not that it's good for you in the long run, just like everything I'm talking about. All these things have consequences if you decide to do it. 
alcohol I mentioned, alcohol and beta blockers are used in like biathlon sports where you have to do a lot, but also hold very still. If you're shooting, archery, those things, that's where those drugs are utilized. That all brings us to the future of ergogenic aids. It's kind of funny there. There's a debate and I'll probably do a podcast on this uh, with a good friend of mine, another physician, because we get into these debates all the time. And that's on fat-free mass. Is there a limit to human performance and muscularity? Um, some would say there are, and measuring fat-free mass is a way to do that. Um, if you really look at sports over the last 20 years, we haven't seen that many uh, records being broken. We haven't seen that many new achievements. Our nutritional, our training have probably reached close to the peak. And what I used as an analogy in my book, Better in Steroids, is I think everyone has a genetic ceiling that you get to the top of, like the 16th chapel, you get to the top and look at that beauty. And then from there, you just get better by going across that ceiling. Doesn't mean you can necessarily go higher than it. So I want to talk about the future of ergogenic aids as we do other ones. What are some possibilities where we might see some uh, new technology coming out? Are we really capable of getting stronger, better, faster without drugs? It's a good question, and I think it's something we should we should cover. And the Recover Me method of uh, treating disease actually delves into that because I think the better you are, like I mentioned earlier, the less likely you're going to have to worry about disease states, and that's the whole thing. Or if you decide to be a smoker, let's optimize everything else so your smoking doesn't affect you the same. Again, back to the recovery method. If you decide to use anabolic androgenic steroids or any of these water banned substances, all right, again, I'm not gonna judge you for it either way, but I'm gonna say, okay, let's do this to optimize your overall health and well-being. Let's be prepared for these consequences and try to combat them this way. So hopefully that was somewhat interesting, if not beneficial for people uh, in and outside the cultish audience I talked about earlier on discussing ergogenic aids. Um, again, thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to email me at any time at doc at drwillie.com, doc at drwillie.com. Check out the website, drwillie.com. Go to free stuff. Check out Obtainable. It's a great reference guide for uh, just a lot of stuff. I even mentioned a couple of these drugs uh, in there in the book if you're interested in learning more about it. So remember, recover me is a medicine that meets you where you are. We can't change your stressors. We can just optimize your body and mind to deal with it better. Until next time. Thank you for joining Warren on the Recover Me podcast with Warren Willie, your guide to living a naturally healthier, happier life. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, or wherever you find your best podcasts. To connect with Warren and the community, learn more about naturally healthy living, and claim a free resource to improve your health right away, visit drwilly.com. You'll find all of Dr. Willie's resources there, including best-selling books like Better Than Steroids, The Z Diet, what does your doctor look like naked? And his latest book, Obtainable. Enjoy the body and energy you've always wanted beyond diet and exercise. That's drwilly.com, D-R-W-I-L-L-E-Y.com. And until next time with Warren, get fit, be healthy, live life.